Welcome to Room for Growth, a Willow Tree podcast about growth marketing hosted by Billy Lowen and me, Billy Fisher. Whether you're an industry expert or just getting started, there's plenty of room to grow. Share this episode with your favorite coworker, follow us wherever you enjoy podcasts, and reach out if you'd like to join the show. You ready, Billy? I'm ready, Billy. Let's go. Let's f***ing grow. All right. Welcome back to another episode of Room for Growth. Today, Billy, we're, um, it's just you and I, and we're talking before. There's some things. I don't know if it's like the vibe of fall is about to start, budget season, Q4 is coming up, and we're coming off this just last two years of absolute craziness. But there's a trend that we're both starting to see with our clients. I'm reading about it with other clients when I kind of talk to industry friends. They're saying, yeah, this is coming up all the time. And that's like the overhaul of loyalty programs. And you can throw a stone and hit a brand. Everybody's got a loyalty program. But the amount of brands that are kind of at this stage where they're asking questions to us and to other consulting firms, okay, what should we do with our loyalty program? Maybe we've got it. It's fine. It's doing well. But we need to put some mojo in this thing. And I'm just kind of caught off guard out of nowhere. It's been just like every single week, there's a new new type of discussion. And throw that to you. What do you think is maybe motivating some of this? Yeah, I think a few things. I think one is time of year. Right now is generally the time of year where marketing teams, product teams are starting to set the vision for what they're going to do the next fiscal year. They're asking for money. They're trying to explore budget and understanding where they're going to invest and in what. I think the other thing that's happening right now, frankly, is it's been just kind of a strange year economically. A lot of brands I know are struggling right now with something that looks like flat sales, especially in certain industries. We're coming out of the pandemic where they got this really big artificial boost of consumer engagement and consumer spending because people were stuck at home and were therefore much more likely to choose their brand because of factors that aren't always in place when people can just freely roam about the world and have lots more choice. I think we're seeing a lot of brands suddenly understand like, oh my gosh, we have to compete for share of voice again. We have to compete for engagement. We have to figure out what kinds of offers are going to really help us stand out in a saturated market. So I think that's also spurring part of it. So normal seasonal, as well as some of the compounding effects that sort of look like a negative or potentially a flat or a downturn in sales, my hunch would be we're actually just learning to renormalize post-COVID. But we are just having loyalty conversations left and right. And we're getting a lot of the same questions. So Billy, I'm curious what you're hearing. But the questions that I'm hearing are things like, what technology Mm -hmm. should we invest in? We want to change platforms. We want to change services models. Um, we're trying to understand potentially who to hire, who can help us and have the right skill set to do this well. They're trying to make sense of which components of their stack should handle which components of loyalty. So how does loyalty play out across various tech platforms versus a single choice? Two, they're asking just about features. What do consumers care about in a loyalty program? What are some of the trends that we're seeing in terms of what drives actual attention? And what do consumers what are they looking for that would actually sort of, we always get this question like what's moving the needle right now. And it's such an interesting question. So those are the two primary one on the experience side and one on the tech side. What else are you hearing? Well, those are certainly core attributes. I think a lot of what I'm hearing is what clients are hoping to accomplish. So I keep hearing personalization as like a, they really want to get there. And it's like this topic that we've been talking about and talking about and talking about. 
one of my hunches of why so many brands have not been able to get to that place that they aspire to be that we've been talking about, this one-to-one personalized experience, is the over amount of faith that brands have put into loyalty platforms in terms of we're going we're gonna to invest in this platform. Some of these platforms are partners of ours, and it's going to accomplish all of our wildest dreams. And unfortunately, that's just not the way it works. And so I think too many brands are skipping some of the like really smart architecture in terms of, okay, what platform is going to be able to do these set of things? But hey, in order to really de- deliver on this one-to-one segmentation and deliver highly personalized offers and really this highly personalized experience, we probably are going to need to invest in a CDP that sits alongside a loyalty platform. And I don't think enough brands are having like that really, really hard architecture practice and are just going towards like, we're going to pick a loyalty platform and all of our dreams will come true as and I'm not trying to throw shade at loyalty platforms on this, but it's just a, a thing that I'm observing. I think that when different brands are considering whether or not to invest in a loyalty platform, some kind of piece of technology, they're absolutely not asking the right questions first. You are completely right. They're saying, let's right. just pick a platform that can give us a loyalty program. And instead, what they should be doing is thinking about what is the experience of that loyalty program? What offers are we going to give to our customers and when and why, there's certainly not enough questions about what they're willing to invest in that experience to drive what kind of return. And instead, they are just like picking a platform, hoping it's going to think and do for them. When in reality, many of our clients actually already have much more high-powered tech in their stack already, especially if they have a customer data platform, especially if they have something like Braze, where you may not need a loyalty vendor or you might only need it to do one thing. So many loyalty vendors today also claim to do all of the messaging. Yep. And I generally always advise against that. Do not put your channel messaging in the same platform as your loyalty vendor. A loyalty vendor really must do one thing. It needs to do fulfillment of offers and points really well. You need to create that bridge between your point of sale system and when somebody spends money with your brand versus the offer that you sent to them. So what you promise to give them in return for any sort of like action or behavior they take with your brand and then how you deliver on that promise to them. That's what a loyalty platform can and should do at its core. That's one core piece of functionality. Everything else, I think brands should be really cognizant of whether or not they're making a good best practice choice to use their loyalty platform for other things. Yeah, and let's be clear. I mean, so most of these loyalty platforms and, and kind of defense of them have clients that go from, you know, huge top, 100 or or top five in their category to, you know, the smaller and they're selling the same platform. And so for the smaller brands, it makes sense that like, hey, we're kind of a one all in all in one thing because most of the smaller brands can't afford to stand up four or five platforms. It's just not reality. So they need one platform that can do. Yeah, you can't have measurement, data management, right. all of your messaging. So maybe in that case, if you are a very small brand. Yeah, it makes more sense. An all-in provider makes sense. Yeah. So we tend to think in the kind of this, you know, top five in their category type of of, of mindset. And that is, you know, if you're really going to be kind of um, leading the way in your in your category, I think stepping back and having some of these these questions around, okay, how are what is it that we're trying to do with our loyalty program? 
what platforms do we, what's our stack currently enable us to do? And then what are the gaps or the holes that we need to fill in order to deliver on? Again, that first question. So when we go to a client in this case, there's kind of core critical elements of a great loyalty program that we highlight for them. Mm -hmm. And I tend to just get really passionate around this personalization topic. And it's because for I'm like almost just sick of sitting in, in conference rooms talking about this thing for the last, heck, I don't know, 10 years probably we've been talking about personalization, personalization, personalization. And so I'm really passionate about trying to figure out how to help clients get past this like personalizations not like hey billy at the top of an app like customers expect really really highly personalized experiences know me understand what my preferences are what products i like and suggest them to me in the form or channel that i want them to be suggested to me and so really unlocking that is i think where i think that's like the core heart of delivering a really really great loyalty mm. experience is this like really really high person yeah. highly powered personalized experience yeah so you're talking about really two frameworks i think like one place to start the place we and even if you have a loyalty program still just go back to the basics right start by thinking about what you want the end consumer experience to be in a few core areas how ideally and just sketch it sketch it on a whiteboard sketch it on paper Put sticky notes together, put it Legos together, like do something fun, visual, lightweight. There's a few places. One, in your app or on your website, what do you want the loyalty experience to be? How forward facing should it be? What should it look like? Do you want a dashboard? Do you want a scoreboard? Do you want the rewards to be right there? Yep. Is it all going to be in one place or is you, are you going to have something at sort of like point of sale that helps with an upsell or conversion in that moment versus another place where they can shop for their rewards points, etc.? So think about what you want your your loyalty experience to look like in app and web. Then also think about how it should play out at an in-person experience. I think that in-person yeah. loyalty experience is really important to consider and so many brands miss it, Amen. especially for point of sale. And then think about channel as well. How should a loyalty experience change how you email customers, how you send them push notifications, etc.? One example of this is somebody just bought tickets through any kind of ticketing platform to an upcoming concert. And then you want to be able to still send them messages while they're waiting to go to that concert. An example of how loyalty should play out in your email is you should never email somebody who's waiting to go to a concert and they purchase tickets from you without a module that says like this concert's coming in this many days or your stay at the hotel is coming up soon. Yeah. You want to yeah. acknowledge the experience they have with you as well as the tiering. So think about channel. And then... I think second to that is a technology conversation. Oh, right. Yeah, that's kind of like the foundation to all of this, right? Yes. Yep. So start with consumer experience. And then from that consumer experience, understand how will that play out in technology? Understanding to your point, people want to be acknowledged by the tier of rewards they have. Sometimes that's more important than name. If you are a Platinum Elite member of the Marriott Bonvoy program, you actually probably care more about that status. Yeah. Of course, get the name right. But like, I think what we're saying is, that's just table stakes. Like you better get the name right. People also want to be acknowledged by their tier. Yeah, They want to know how many points they have. They want that to be really forward facing. So start to think about those components of personalization. And that's when you can start to understand what does your tech actually need to do? How fast do you need to acknowledge a purchase experience in that points dashboard in your app or in that follow-up thank you message or the receipt that you send to the consumer who just made a purchase? Does it have to be right away? And in most cases, yes, like yeah. rewarding people immediately 
is pretty critical. What else are you yeah. thinking about when you think about like tech first experience? Well, so to play that back to you, so there's kind of three pillars, you know, incentive design, how the program is yes. structured, all the pricing yes. and promotion stuff, what I've been calling surround sound engagement, the channel messaging, um, which channels are you mess- going to uh, targeting customers with and how are you delivering these messages? And then that I'm still using the omni-channel word, fidgetal is, a, is another word I keep hearing, the in-store experience, whatever you want to call it, but that like seamless experience from digital to, so those are from digital to the in-person experience. So those are like those three mm-hmm. pillars that you mentioned. And then under all of that is really, really good architecture tech strategy in terms of, yeah. of how you're capturing and enabling these things. So, yeah, and identity resolution yeah. being a key one there. Yeah. And so I think that's a nice little framework for clients to and brands to think about. And so I, what's interesting is I'm seeing a lot of brands that have the incentive design and the structure of the program kind of figured out. That's not something that you change all the time, but they have not been able to unlock those other two categories, which is like really, really great channel strategy in terms of how you're doing a personalized messaging platform. And then omni-channel, the same thing. The omni-channel personalization, two buzzwords that we've used over and over again for the last 10 years, and it, we're just still kind of muddy about how how we unlock yeah. that. So I think like in 2023, yeah. brands to like really lean in and figure out those two areas would be a good solid place to start. Yeah. But again, outside of a loyalty platform with the fulfillment piece, like a loyalty platform is generally once you have that basic structure of X dollars equals X points, which equals ABC rewards, that's generally your loyalty platform. Right. But the things that you need in addition to that are, as mentioned, a really good identity resolution strategy because you need to know who's visiting your app, who's visiting your website. They've got to be able to sign in and then have that points experience play out quickly. You also need really connected ecosystems. So point of sale is a big one. You need to know who purchased what products and what products did they view and what products did they add to cart that they didn't purchase. So that individual item identity resolution back to a single individual is huge. And then one of the third areas that we see a huge problem is around speed. How quickly can you identify which customers took which action with you? One of the biggest challenges actually in loyalty programs today is there's not intentional enough data transfer. There's not fast enough platforms, something like a CDP that does an auto sync. And the time it takes to do sort of batch syncing of data really lessens the impact of a potential loyalty reward. But for the most part in channel messaging, for example, or in your product experience, you don't always necessarily need a robust loyalty platform provider to get those experiences to play out. That's relatively basic personalization and custom attributes that you can store in your CDP, in your CRM, and then you can like leverage those things. I was actually wondering, like, do you think more brands, instead of saying, okay, should we find a new loyalty platform um, partner? What should we do with our loyalty program? Do you think they a lot more brands should just start with maybe we need a CDP? Not trying to be too presumptuous here, but I've noticed a lot of lot of really great loyalty marketers don't even think about a CDP yeah. when they're at all. It's not really the way they place they start. It's a good question. I would start with what tech do you have already, and is it the right solution for the use case that you have, but also for long term just best practices. 
So again, I think consolidating things like the source of truth for your data in your loyalty platform is just a really bad idea. That's a different purpose. You want a source of truth for the profiles of your customer to live somewhere else because that's just a really critical piece of infrastructure. If you marry that to your loyalty platform and then you end up not liking your loyalty platform or their product roadmap is terrible down the road or they just don't keep pace and eventually you have to switch, you don't want to hurt the integrity of your customer data like profiles and how well matched that is, how actionable it is. That's what I think about channel messaging too. Same thing. You're going to put a ton of investment into creating content for channel messaging or creating content for your social media. You don't want to store that in a platform where then if you have to migrate, it's just this massive lift and restart. Use your best in class platform for messaging. And then same with measurement. You may want some measurement in your loyalty platform itself, of course. But don't make that the only place you're doing measurement because if you have any data limitations there, you're not going to have full visibility. So again, that's where I go back to sort of like a best-in-class provider versus putting too many eggs in a single loyalty vendor basket. And frankly, I think the thing that we're seeing with loyalty vendors right now is most of them are decent at a few things, bad at a lot, sell too strongly, and then we have clients who are frustrated that they over-relied on their loyalty platform. Yeah, for this thing or for that thing. Yeah, it's it's, and that's where it's like really what really sit back and say, okay, what what is it that we have gaps in, and and go find a platform to accomplish maybe that that one thing. So, yeah, way too many people. My other request though is this: the one other thing that we talk about that I think is important is around how much brands are investing in their loyalty platforms. So, at the end of the day, a compelling reward is one of the most critical elements of a loyalty program. Sure, some of this you can fake a little bit. You can have tiers and this sense of kind of bringing luxury and appreciation to your consumers where just the tiering of it and the naming of it can have some value. But if that's not matched by actual benefits that matter, a consumer is not going to care. And eventually, at some point, you do need to give discounts. You do need to give some kind of reward. You do need to give something of value. I think one of the trends that we see, no matter what, this is every brand is most brands do not invest as much as they should be in the retention of their current customer base. Your customers will spend more money with you. They will give you the return if you treat them well. And if anything, the trend that we see is that brands spend a ton of money on acquisition. They have no idea how much time they have to keep a customer to pay off the cost of that acquisition. And then they have no idea how little they're actually spending on the retention of their current customer base or how much they could possibly grow that customer if they just invested a little bit. So the analogy I give here is, if you have a slightly outdated house, and you know you want to sell that house down the road, you want to create additional value. And so you call up a designer to say, hey, we need to do a facelift on the house. The first thing that designer is going to ask you is like, well, what's your budget for it? Do you want to do a full kitchen overhaul? Should we be ripping out walls? Do you want to make this open concept? Because the assumption there is, sure, you can do like a minor facelift. And that's what I think most brands are doing right now. They think of retention as like, no, just put some paint on it. Like put some putty on the walls. Like give it the renter's treatment. Just sort of like spruce it a little bit. And not enough brands are truly saying like, no, we're going to invest in the value of this house that we're building for our customers because we know it's going to have inherent return down the road. So start back of a napkin. Start by just understanding what's the value of your most important customer segment. Is your lifetime value $400? Is it $1,000? Is it $10,000? Is it $200? And that's going to give you a much better basis of how much you can spend in offers and rewards to keep 
driving that return spend from your consumers. Yeah, that's really smart. One of my my favorite brands as you're talking about uh, this that kind of came into play is kind of a brand probably most people have never heard of. I'm a golfer. And so I buy clothes from a brand called Link Soul, L-I-N-K, and then the word soul. And it's a California golf brand, uh, golf apparel brand. And they crush, they just do such a great job at offering these deals to you. And their loyalty program is not a tiered based. It's not a point. I have no idea what tier I'm in. I know I buy a lot of stuff from them and I will get through email and through SMS, just these, it's like a surprise and delight type of program of like, hey, here's $20 off of any order. And it's not something where it's like $20 off an order of a hundred or more. Like it's basically a $20 gift card that out of nowhere I will get. To drive frequency. They want you to make another purchase. They just want to improve frequency. And you betcha when I get one of those, I'm like, oh my God, like, why would I waste this $20 that they just gave me? So I'm going to go spend 150. So they do an amazing job at that. And then they do another uh, thing that is really effective when they're going to have season in sales. As I certainly feel like I'm in some exclusive group, I get early access to that. So they would give me a, you know, a password generated, a private site, early access to sales. And it's such a simple program. They skipped all of this tiering and all this kind of complexity and just said, okay, our most loyal customers, we're just going to like give them some benefits that keep them coming back. And tell them why we gave them to them. I love both those examples, Billy. I think they're both great. Not enough brands do that micro $20 investment here and there, like two to three times a year. Not enough brands tell you they're giving you early access to items that are going to go on sale and how long they're doing it and make that kind of like a big deal. Right. I think of this for like the big loyalty programs. You think about an airline, for example, where I fly a lot, but it takes a long time to get airline points built up to the point that you can actually have a free flight. So if you have a good longevity program, like an airline program or like a hotel program where you have to stay a whole bunch and do a lot of things for lifetime benefits, make sure you throw in those $20 surprise and delight moments. Another example of that might be like, if you upgrade somebody who has status with you on an airline to first class, tell them that the reason that they got upgraded is because they're a loyalty member. Don't just do it. Make sure you celebrate that moment for what it is. Yeah, I love that. And I think maybe this is easier for smaller brands to do, but, and so an airline's kind of like a really big example, but I just continue to wonder in retail, they maybe use this as like um, free gifts, you know, if you, as you come in, because you're a certain type of customer. We've talked about Alta a lot before. I think they do a really good job at offering these free gifts and these free incentives and, and makes their loyalty members feel special. And because you're a loyalty member, you get X, Y, or Z. And so it's one of these, just as we're talking, we're, like we, I realized we're talking about a lot of stuff that feels kind of complex, but it also feels like there's just a lot of low hanging fruit for particular, uh, for certain types of brands, especially in retail that they could probably skip a whole lot of effort and just start offering yes. better incentives to consumers. Yes. One of the nice things about loyalty, we talk a lot about measurement and having perfect measurement and having the right tech in place and having a full strategy. But the other takeaway here that's a little bit like talking out both sides of my mouth is I can almost guarantee that you're not spending enough to retain your best customers. You're not investing in them enough to drive those repeat purchases and you could be spending more or you could at least be taking the experiences where you are giving value to your best customers and make sure that you're calling that out for what it is so that they understand that they're being celebrated. 
again, that's just having good channel messaging and making sure that you are adding that sense of like conversation to billboard messaging. Yeah. But yeah, it's a great point. I think small brands sometimes have the luxury of playing with this and tinkering around with it, but there's so many low hanging fruit opportunities in just what brands are generally doing today, even those who have loyalty programs. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, there's some brands too that I'm, as we're talking, I'm thinking about other small brands that I've engaged with over the years and then they don't do anything. And so there's a brand I love called Huckberry. who's like a really great, just a e-commerce brand that does a great job of storytelling. It's obviously invested a ton of, ton of marketing dollars into like crafting these really amazing stories. But I went on like this like run where I was buying all sorts of stuff from them. I haven't heard from these guys in a long time. And so if they would just adopt this same exact strategy that I was referring to of Linksol and send me a $20, you know, whatever, some sort of interesting incentive, I bet you I'd be like, oh yeah, I, I forgot about that place. I should get on there and buy something. And so it's just, again, these, these just really yeah. easy tactics that could drive additional customer behavior. So it's a great point. Like how many customers or how many clients do we talk to who've had just tons of churn in their audience yeah. or their fans go dormant really quickly because they don't nurture them fast enough or well enough. One of the easiest places to start, if you want to test which offers yeah. are really compelling, start by testing it with your churned audience. Because first of all, yeah. it's very hard to get a churned audience to re-engage. Second of all, you know those people are already valuable to you. They care about you. So great place to try different offer types and just see what actually moves the needle. That's the perfect yeah. forum to start. And you can get quick measurement from it. You get quick learnings. So Billy, we have to wrap up today, but good to see you as always. Good to keep talking about the state of yeah. loyalty. Huckberry, Linksol, I'm I'm here for offers, coupons, <laughs> freebies. I'm like, I'm not, that's not beneath me. So um, shameless. Fun to talk about loyalty. It'd be interesting to see how some of these programs uh, revamp as we close the year out. But uh, cheers. Meanwhile, Marriott, Delta, if you want me to continue weighing in on both of your loyalty programs, which I love, but how to get some low-hanging fruit, you can reach out too, certainly. Awesome. Thanks, Billy. Thanks, Billy. Thanks, Billy.